Welcome to Vibrant Potential. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Frickman. Today's episode is with Jared Work with Integro. Integro is busy producing what they are trying to have be the best probiotic on the market. And I think they're coming really close to that. It's a great probiotic. There's there's a lot of new thoughts on how they're producing it. And um, I will say that, that I've used it with myself, my family, uh, just starting to use it with patients now as I'm recording this. And uh, we've had some really great results. If you're a regular listener, then you know who Chamonix is. She's my partner and our baby is almost, almost a year now. Her name is Anya Rose. She had, so Shamini had to have some uh, minor surgery a while back as part of her whole journey that she's had with breast cancer and with some of these dental issues that, that she's worked through with infected root canals and then a tip getting left in there and, and just on and on and on. So I've shared some of that story over over several episodes. Because of that, so Shamini is able to breastfeed. She, um, she only has one breast and she's been able to breastfeed for almost a year now. And it's been going great. We're super, super thankful that that's, that that's the way that that's worked out for us and for Anya. And uh, a while, several months ago now, she had to have some dental procedures done and she had a little bit of, she wasn't on any drugs ongoingly, but she had to have some a little bit of anesthetics to numb the mouth so that she could have some of this work done. And that seemed like that affected Anya's digestive system. Um, She was pooping really good, like a champ, up until then. And then, uh, this was a few months ago now, so I don't know if she was like six months or nine months, I forget exactly. But she was starting to uh, just be constipated. She wasn't pooping as regularly. And it was right after we uh, she had these anesthetics. Shamini had the anesthetics, but clearly something went through the breast milk and and affected Anya a bit. At any rate, we start we we tried a whole bunch of stuff, of course, and I ended up meeting Jared. Shamini and I both met Jared at the Great Lengths Conference in 2017, um, put on by Nutridyne. This good, great conference uh, put on by some fabulous people, and we met Jared there, and that was a blessing because he ended up giving us a bottle of Flourish Junior, which is the children's version of uh, what we discussed in today's episode. Long story short, uh, we gave some to Anya, and uh, she started pooping again just fabulously. I mean, it was, she was like right back on track. So, and it had been, I believe a couple of months that we were kind of struggling through trying to try and different things and nothing would work all the way. So this product worked really great for her. And then, so then we decided to try it. And now I'm starting to use it in the clinic too, because I've, I found that it's actually a really great probiotic. So, um, if you check out the show notes at drchrisfrickman.com slash flourish, I'm going to have a discount code for you that you can uh, pick up some flourish for yourself from my shop, drchrisfrickman.com slash shop. And uh, I'll give you a discount code that you can check out on the show note page. Again, drchrisfrickman.com slash flourish. And uh, you can try out your own bottle. Um, so, uh, without further ado, here is Jared Work.
Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Jared Work, welcome to Vibrant Potential. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to work with you, and I enjoy the collaboration. Absolutely. We're going to talk a lot about bugs today, specifically the kind of bugs that, that live in our in our gut. You're an expert on this, but you have an interesting background. You actually are a pharmacist by training, and then you started Integro. So I'd love to walk people a little bit through how that came to be. You are correct. I am a trained and licensed pharmacist. That's what I did for 12 years before leaving that practice behind and helping start Integra as a company. I like to remind my chiropractor friends that I'm the most one of the most alternative thinking pharmacists you ever met, though. <laughs> um, been a big believer in gut health and what probiotics can do, um, not trying to fix every problem with a pill. And uh, just a quick shout out to my cousin who is a chiropractor. He's the one that got me thinking outside the box. Uh, even when I was in grad school for pharmacy school, I would go hang out with chiropractors and think about nutrition and functional medicine and, and how can we fix the problem instead of just cover it up. So, uh, yes, my, my background is pharmacy and that uh, lends some uh, unique uh, background, um, but I'm um, proud of the connections that I've had with uh, with the chiropractors. So, yeah, cool. uh, yeah, in fact, you and I actually met at what I would sort of call a chiropractic convention. I mean, it's it's not strictly for chiropractors, obviously, which is why you're there, but it's got to be 90, 95% chiropractors at this uh, conference. And, and you were there uh, rubbing elbows. Absolutely, because uh, chiropractors are a fun bunch to hang with, and um, <laughs> and what what's also great um, about my chiropractor friends is that they understand the importance of gut health, and they understand um, what probiotics can do for the gut. And so, you know, these are uh, easy conversations to to have with uh, with those group of folks. Um, but uh, like I said, I. Uh, uh, two and a half years ago, in the summer of 2015, I left pharmacy behind. A group of investors and myself and some other talents. Uh, we have the, the business, uh, the business folks. Uh, we have a biochemist. Myself as a pharmacist, and um, we had this idea and this dream. So we started the company from scratch in 2015. I'm one of the co-founders. Been here since day one. We did uh, research and development uh, R&D for the first nine to ten months trying to perfect a formulation and the recipe. Uh, as any good scientist would do, we tear the recipe apart to see what works and what doesn't, um, perfect it, and uh, do a lot of research and study through that. And then we launched to the world with the product in uh, July of 2016 and have just been uh, climbing ever since. 
Nice. Yeah, so you're actually, right now, you're only about a year and a half deep from, from actually selling the product. Yeah, a year and a half, you know, in, in, in the marketing world as far as, you know, getting out in front of uh, our clients and our, our practitioners that we collaborate with. Um, but it feels like we have a lot of years of, of uh, science and, and testing under our belts. Oh, absolutely. I, I get that for sure. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, spill the beans right now. I'm a fan of Flourish, and I'd love to get the information out to people. That's why I had you on the show. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to ask you a couple of questions about the difference uh, between this probiotic and maybe what I'm going to call a more typical probiotic that, that you're going to find in either a capsule or maybe even a powder form. I think the best place to go next, though, is why don't you fill in people, you know, maybe just five minutes on why are probiotics important in the first place? I know a lot of my listeners take a probiotic and and or have taken a probiotic at some point but just for like just to fill in the gaps a little bit why are probiotics a good thing to take in the first place sure well i always loved to use a quote that uh hippocrates had you know he's long considered the father of medicine and thousands of years ago uh he said all disease begins in the gut uh, conversely, I say that optimal health begins in the gut. Um, but he said that thousands of years ago, and a lot of the research and, and uh, studies coming out of academia and university is looking at the importance of these creatures, as you and I affectionately call bugs, uh, in our gut and the importance. And we know uh, in the absence of the correct microbes and the correct bugs in our gut, um, all sorts of disease and, and bad outcomes can occur when you don't have the right balance or you have dysbiosis when things are wrong in the gut. Um, we know that 80% of the immune system is in the gut. So if you have a healthier gut, you have a more robust immune system. Uh, you know, the whole theory of the gut wall lining and uh, that barrier between inside and outside, um, you know, the, the lumen of the gut versus, you know, in the body and how important that gut wall is. And when you lose integrity of that, uh, what happens? Well, there's thought that that is um, a leading cause of autoimmune disease, uh, overactive immune system because the body doesn't know, you know, what is self and what is enemy and things are coming across that shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be in the gut or shouldn't be in the body. And, uh, you know, I often remind people too, that our gut is our connection to the outside world. Our blood doesn't touch the outside world. Our brain fluid doesn't touch the outside world. Uh, sure. The air we breathe. And, you know, that's a whole nother hour long conversation of, you know, airborne toxins. But, you know, for the most, for the most part, our gut is our connection to the outside world. Um, so again, the healthier the gut, and when you have the the correct uh, gut wall lining uh, that that you know functions, letting in the right things and keeping out the bad things, um, is uh, the way we we're designed to be. And we know that we need good bacteria in our gut. So you know the use of external or you know supplemental probiotics uh, just goes along with that theory, and and the probiotics come in and help augment that system, um, promotes the environment for the good bacteria to grow, competes with bad bacteria, uh, can help restore the, the lining of the gut that we talked about. Um, so 
you know, we have bacteria in our gut, but when that goes, uh, you know, off kilter or goes awry for various reasons, overuse of antibiotics, uh, stress, the wrong foods, you know, the standard American diet, that's when the uh, supplemental probiotics come into play to help restore that balance in the gut. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I was going was, was that why there's always this balance between I want to be optimally healthy. I, you know, I'll, I'll take some supplements if, if that's what I need to do to be optimally healthy. Uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to be taking a hundred supplements and I don't want to be taking stuff that I can just easily get in my food anyway. Right. And so, um, so I think you just hit on, on some of the really big ones, antibiotics being the no brainer, uh, no pun intended there, no, no brainer kind of <laughs> turn you into that. But, um, but the antibiotics will actually totally wipe out the, the microbiome in, in some ways. And then the, but like you said, not just antibiotics, but like just things that we're dealing with, um, lot different kinds of stressors which could be emotional, mental, physical, chemical, uh, but then also the standard American diet or anything akin to that. Um, or, and interestingly, <clears throat> not even just the standard American diet, but, but if you're eating paleo, that's going to uh, promote one kind of, I shouldn't say one, but many different kinds of bugs, but it's going to be a different set of bugs than if you're eating ketogenic diet versus the a vegetarian diet versus the Mediterranean diet or whatever whatever diet that you're using, that's going to uh, stimulate different types of bugs growing in your gut, and then that leads to uh, a different type of health in your body. So, tons of interesting stuff there. But um, so, follow up question to what you were saying though. So, probiotics. Would you say that it's great to take probiotics? all the time or would you say it's more like something to take supplementally when uh, something has gone awry well the easy answer to that first of all is both and I'll touch on that in a second um, you know what you were talking about with diet for instance uh, if we all if if Americans ate more like let's say the Eastern cultures, if we were eating fermented food for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, if we were having kimchi and kombucha uh, and kefir, if we consumed our bugs frequently um, as part of our habit in our daily life, we would probably need less of uh, a supplement, you know, of probiotic like what we're talking. But think about it. We don't eat that way. Um, you know, you and I, uh, you know, subscribe to, you know, some, some very healthy eating habits, you know, clean eating, um, myself, I'm, I'm gluten-free, um, you know, there's ways that you and I eat, you know, whether it's paleo or keto or whatever, but you and I would even admit that as well as we eat, we don't take in, uh, the probiotics, uh, the, the fermented foods, the bacteria in our daily habitual life like some other cultures do so you know that is where supplements uh, come in and uh, I, I I heard a, a good quote one time because people ask all the time well I'm on probiotics uh, do I need to do that every day and uh, one researcher uh, that I follow he said every time we have a bowel movement we become more human because oh, yeah, we're screwed 
<laughs> we're we're excreting bacteria, right? And you know, you've heard uh, the stats that um, we have more microbial cells in our body than what we do human cells. We have more microbial DNA in our body than we do human. And there's you know books and 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 stuff written about we're only 10% human, right? We're 10% human because we have all this bacterial uh, DNA and messaging and, and cells in our body. Well, you know, these bacteria, they get, they get shed every time uh, you have a bowel movement. Um, you know, in some ways they are transient. Sure, you know, they can live, in, they, they do live in the colon, but obviously there's uh, some transientness to them. But again, I go back to that guy's quote, every time you have a bowel movement, you become more human. So, you know, if you're not putting your bacteria in back in, uh, you know, on a daily, frequent, regular basis, uh, whether it's through a supplement or your nutritional habits, then eventually, um, you know, you will get to that dysbiosis state, uh, potentially, if you're not doing the right things. And again, the way Americans eat, you know, the antimicrobial soaps that we use, the antibiotics that we use, I mean, we, our lifestyle does not promote good bug health. You know, we're a very sterile, very clean environment. Um, <clears throat> we don't dig in the dirt anymore. There's a lot of microbes in the dirt. You know, we're not you know, necessarily agricultural based anymore. We don't hunt. We don't gather. We don't dig in the dirt. We don't, you know, get those microbes any other way like we used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, we have to supplement that because our lifestyle is not one that promotes uh, the bacterial intake that we need. Got it. That makes a lot of sense to me, and it, it jives with what I know. Um, are you familiar and I'm kind of putting you on the spot on this one because of course this, you're not affiliated with this product and, um, you know, so you just be completely honest. Do you, are you familiar with Dr. Zach Bush and the product called restore? Absolutely. I, I know, I know the product. Well, I know the, um, <clears throat> The theory, uh, you know, the, the chemical theory of, of what he's uh, doing with Restore. Yes, I am familiar with that. So I, I did interview him on my podcast. I'm, I am a, a big fan of Restore uh, as well as Flourish. And I've used Restore clinically now for a while and seen great things. And I'm curious what your take is on it. And, and I don't, I don't want to do like a whole show on, on restore, but I, I mention it because I feel like it's an important piece of this, the whole gut health thing. And, and when you talk about, uh, we don't, as a, as a general rule, most of us, uh, in first world countries aren't getting like into the dirt and, you know, like getting these little microbes from, you know, different vegetation or, you know, dead vegetation in the soil, things like that. We're not getting all that stuff. Dr. Bush talks about that all the time. And he says that he, I mean, first of all, he recommends like, Hey, try to get out and do that stuff more if you can. Uh, but he also talks about how Restore will actually help to uh, promote gut diversity, uh, which I think a good probiotic will do as well, as long as, um, regardless of how many strains it has, if it has the right kinds of strains, it can help this gut diversity, as does eating more plants in general. Just eating the plants uh, helps with that too. So there's lots of ways to do this and, and a lot of parts to to good gut health in my opinion and so I'm but I'm really curious from your take because obviously you have a bias for flourish 
what do you think about Restore and, and how does that kind of fit in with, with your idea of, of gut health? Well, there's a lot of synergy, um, honestly, between, uh, let's just say, the theory um, and the chemical um, properties of what uh, Restore does and uh, good gut health and, you know, synergy between Flourish and, and Restore. So Restore is based on, and, and you've had Dr. Bush on, so he's talked about this, but if viewers, uh, listeners haven't uh, heard that, just touch on briefly. It's based on the theory of humic and folic acid, uh, which is... Uh, in some ways, like, uh, and, and Dr. Bush would say, I'm really simplifying this, but in some ways, it's like fermented dirt. You know, it comes from the earth. Uh, it's been there for a long time. Um, but they, they take that and they um, process that out and they get humic and, and fulvic acid. And along with, there's a lot of, of health promoting um, attributes to humic and fulvic acid. There's a lot of trace minerals in there. Uh, minerals that we don't get anywhere else um, and those minerals um, are very uh, let's say codependent on each other they're synergistic you know in that form in which they come you know it's not taking vitamin c all on its own it's not taking zinc all on its own it's not taking magnesium all on its own you know these things come as a system um, you know it's like eating an orange uh, you get the whole system and not just vitamin c and that's what humic and fulvic does so a couple other things with the humic and fulvic acid um, and some of the research that I've uh, done on the humic and fulvic acid. So it can promote the healing of the gut lining. So we talk about this gut lining and there's, there's junctions between the cells of the gut and those junctions are what are supposed to uh, function properly to let the good things in and keep the bad things out. And in an unhealthy gut or where the integrity of the gut wall is broken down, those junctions don't function properly. Well, some of the mechanisms of these humic and fulvic acid um, products actually work to restore, hence the name, uh, restore the function of those tight junctions. And so they work directly to help heal the uh, integrity of the gut lining. And... Uh, another, and I don't know if Dr. Bush talks about this other mechanism, um, but uh, where I live, this is really important, and, and so it really piques my interest. Uh, it's been researched that the humic and fulvic acid uh, can act as a glyphosate binder. Oh, no, that's, now, that's one of their kind of, I don't know, I don't mean to do it injustice, but that's kind of like one of their marketing things. They call hallmarks. It, they, yep. they call it glyphosate armor, armor against glyphosate. So, in just a quick review of glyphosate, of course, glyphosate um, is the chemical name or the active ingredient of uh, uh, Roundup. You know, people talk about Roundup and uh, won't go much into picking on them today, but, um, you know, it is a uh, uh, herbicide that is uh, sprayed heavily, heavily across, um, uh, you know, cropland. Of course, you live in Minnesota, I live in Iowa, um, but we see lots of this. But... The concerning thing to me with, with glyphosate is its effects as an antimicrobial. In fact, when glyphosate was first um, patented and brought to market, its mechanism that it was patented for was an antimicrobial. It is great at killing bugs. And just like antibiotics, like what you would get in your pharmacy, 
and microbials and biotics don't know the difference between good bugs and bad bugs. They just kill everything. Right. And so when you get this glyphosate uh, in your gut, it's fantastic at killing. You know, we're talking about you know the, these microbes that live in the gut and these healthy bugs that live in the gut. Well, you get enough glyphosate or glyphosate residue in your gut, it will have an impact because it's going to kill the the healthy bugs in your gut. So again, back to the humic and folic acid theory. If that goes in and um, helps uh, bind up uh, the glyphosate. And that can obviously have a positive impact um, on gut health and, and the good bugs in your gut. So I guess those are, you know, briefly, and Dr. Bush could talk for hours. Oh, that's, just... that's plenty. I mean, like, actually, that's, that's awesome. I guess I was just curious if you thought it was a good product or if you kind of felt like, no, no, you just take Flourish and you'll be set or if you thought that they worked well together or what. So I think you answered that question beautifully. I appreciate it. I love the two of them together. Uh, and again... Um, one that's probably not studied as much because um, it, it's harder to look at, but I think that the, uh, back to what I said about the trace mineral content, everything that comes with the human confolic acid, you know, these bacterial cells are machines just like human cells, right? They're, you know, similar to human cells. These bacteria, the, the good bugs, they need nutrients as well. So, you know, the human confolic acid, um, you know, it can help feed the good bugs. You know, so not only is it binding the glyphosate and trying to get that out, which is a harmful thing to the good bugs, it's also helping feed the good bugs and it's helping uh, to restore the gut lining. So the two of them um, are, are, are perfect um, co-partners in, in healing the gut, absolutely. Beautiful. All right, well, let's get into a couple other of the specifics then about Flourish. Um, so how many strains of, of bacteria, so, and just really briefly, if there's somebody listening that doesn't know what that means, that that just means that there's different kinds of bacteria. Obviously, there's there's you know sort of globally speaking, we like to call them bad and good, which is obviously an oversimplification, probably. But there's many, many, many thousands of strains of bacteria in our gut. Are there thousands of strains of bacteria in any probiotic that you're aware of? Uh, I wish uh, that that would be fantastic. Um, I, I forget the exact numbers because it's been a while since I've uh, listened to uh, Rob Knight. Uh, Rob Knight's one of the leading researchers uh, out of UCLA, um, where he talks about he's the, the lead in the uh, American Gut Project. Um, so I'm going to oversimplify these numbers, and you can listen. You can look at his research and and uh, find exact numbers, but. There's you know roughly like a thousand uh, species of bacteria in a human gut. Now my thousand are different than your thousand, Chris. But you know roughly speaking, there could be a thousand different species of bacteria in our gut. Now only 500 of them, roughly again, roughly 500 or so, uh, have actually been elucidated and and identified through what uh, Dr. Knight is doing in, in the American Gut Project. And maybe that number has changed. I mean. The, the last uh, uh, podcast I listened or YouTube uh, TED Talk I listened to of his is a couple years old. So those numbers could change. Don't hold me to that. But the point is there's thousands of species in the gut. And, you know, roughly half of them have actually been identified and elucidated. But then you take those 500 that we know 
and possibly only a hundred of them can be grown outside the human body. A lot of them just, you know, right now exist in the human body and need to be in the human body. And, you know, of those hundred, you know, maybe uh, 80 of them or so are uh, even available to be grown commercially. You know, so you, you take something outside of its environment, you know, it's actually hard to grow this in, uh, in a stainless steel tank, for instance. Uh, so when you talk about, you know, we have a thousand species, can I take a probiotic with a thousand species? Well, it, it's really hard to replicate the inside of the human gut, and it's hard to... Uh, uh, to get there, and like I say, commercially, even for the people that grow the bacteria like myself, um, we don't even have access to all the species to grow uh, outside the human body. So, uh, no, we don't have a thousand species, but I am very happy and proud to say that in our mix, we have 11 different strains, which uh, is, is a good number. Right? You look at some of the other products on the market. More than most other brands that i'm aware of yeah uh you know the a common number seems to be one three or five honestly um you don't see many with 11 uh sure there's some that uh, might have 15 or whatever but we're probably 11 but the other thing to note with our 11 strains is the different uh genre or family that they come from and i'll explain that uh in a second but of our 11 strains, we have five different families or genre uh, of bacteria represented. And to what you said about some of the other commercially available probiotics, a lot of them only have two genre. And most people are familiar with the lactobacillus. Okay, that's a pretty common one that's in yogurt and lots of different things. So lactobacillus is one family or one a genre of bacteria. Another common one is bifidobacteria, again, another family. So a lot of the products on the market have lacto and those they have bifido. Those are the two that are, those are the those famous are the ones. Famous, the, the most common ones. You know, you walk into a pharmacy, you look at the probiotic and, hey, here's lacto, here's bifido. Um, but we take it a step further and throw in three other um, genre family of bacteria. Uh, one is uh, bacillus. Uh, another one is Saccharomyces, and then another one is the Enterococcus uh, family. And what that does is it, it adds diversity. So, again, you're looking at the human gut. There's a thousand species in there, and there's just a ton of diversity. So if you're taking one strain from one family, while it might be a good probiotic and it might be a good strain, there's not a whole lot of diversity in that. And Although so the interesting thing about it is some... Some strains, my understanding, and you're the expert on this, my understanding is that certain strains will promote diversity uh, just because they help to create an environment in which other bacteria can grow better, uh, and some don't. So That is absolutely correct. And... You know, we kind of simplify that as good bugs promote good bugs and bad bugs promote bad bugs. Right. Um, the good bugs want their neighbors and friends to be like themselves um, and, and you know, be of, you know, similar health promoting, you know, the, the good bugs. So good bugs promote good bugs. And, you know, along that theory, so uh, you're touching on a theory that, that we use. It's called uh, consortium theory in that we grow our 
uh, bacterial species together. All 11 grow up as friends and neighbors together. And what we know, you know, to your point, we know that some of the metabolites of, let's just say, bug A, let's just call it bug A, the metabolites of bug A are used by bug B for its growth and its life. Well, then, in turn, bug B gives off metabolites that are important to bug C. And so they're very interrelated and very interdependent on each other. And if, if you pull bug B out, for instance, bug B might be very hard to grow on its own. But when you grow it in consortium, when you grow it together as a family, they need each other and they literally feed off of each other. And, and that is you know, very different as well from uh, most of the probiotics you see. So a lot of the probiotics that are available on the market now, they're grown uh, what's called pure strain or pure culture single strain. So they'll grow bug A all by itself and then process that down. And then they'll grow bug B all by itself and process that down and then bug C. And then, you know, when a company or distributor comes along, a marketer comes along and they say, hey, we want to make a product with bug A, B, and C, they grab those, throw them together into a capsule. You know, you hope that they get along when they, you know, come awake from freeze-dried. Uh, you hope they um, behave well together. Uh, you hope that they are friends. I mean, we're using real simple terms, but it, it is kind of true. You know, whereas ours have grown up together, uh, they know how to behave, they communicate with each other, uh, they need each other, and they know how to... Um, yeah. Uh, society. because we have 11 strains, I often use the analogy of a football team, right? Uh, 11 people on a football team. Uh, you don't get very far without your, your lineman or your quarterback, your wide receiver. They need each other. And because we have 11 strains, I often use that as an analogy that we're kind of like a football team. They all need each other. Got it. So you have 11 strains, and you were talking a lot about the manufacturing. So you, And you were talking about, oh, there's, you know, if there's a thousand bugs, maybe we've identified 500, maybe a hundred of them can grow outside of the body and all this stuff. People are going to laugh at me now because like my, I, I, I always, I always share these odd things that come up in my head, <laughs> but, I love it. but there's this, uh, some kind of like horrible, like kind of horrible sci-fi, uh, idea popping up in my head where we've got like, th- you know, we're, we're, um, Maybe we're somehow having third world uh, people in these in these uh, p- plants instead of growing these things in steel stainless steel vats. We've actually we since we can't grow these things outside of humans, we're, we have some humans in these plants, and we're we're growing these bugs inside these humans, and then we are cleaning them off and putting them into these probiotics. Well, you know that. There is some truth to that. I mean, obviously not in that sort of industrialized, uh, you know, commercial setting, but, you know, that touches on the whole fecal transplant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if you take the fecal matter of a healthy individual and you put it into um, that of a, of a diseased individual, and there's great, great research. And again, Dr. Knight talks about this uh, most specifically in patients with, with C. diff, right? You know, horrible sure. gut infection. Uh, just horrible diarrhea, um, you know, it can be life-threatening. Uh, and so, you know, a great outcome, you know, for those people is to take, you know, fecal matter and actually do a transplant. Well, you know, first of all, people are freaked out by that. You know, I'm going to get I'm gonna get poop from another person. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, there's lots of uh, issues uh, as far as the actual transplant with that and, and washing it and, and whatever. There is one company out there that is looking at a poop pill where they uh, they take, you know, the fecal matter instead of doing like an enema or, you know, a, that sort of a rectal transplant. They're actually uh, looking at how they can sort of wash mm-hmm. a fecal matter, put it in a new pill, and you swallow it. Wow. Uh, obviously, you won't taste it. It's going to go to where it needs to be done. But uh, there's a lot of issues that go into that. But, you know, you are correct that, um, yeah, if we could somehow mimic closer the uh, the you know, human actual biome with these thousands of species, that would be perfect. But, you know, reality is that that's hard to do. And there's you know lots of hurdles with that. Um and and I What's you and I have Charleston talked. Heston uh, movie where he's like, oh Soylent Green, Soylent Green is people. Uh, you ever seen that old? I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh man, it's so old. It's like the one of the super old classic sci-fi's, and you know, it's the everybody's eating this because the world is is you know running out of it's getting overpopulated, running out of food sources. And then you find out at the end, like in horror that they've been eating people, silent greens people. So we're not going to, we're not going to one day find out that flourishes people poop. We're not going to find that <laughs> out. Like, <laughs> well, I'll, Chris, I'll let you be the first one to try that. When I, when I do a batch of that, I'll, I'll send that up to you and, and let you uh, sip on that. And I won't tell you. And you just tell me, tell me what you think of it. Oh, no. Um, okay. We'll uh, we'll see how that works. I, I like the I like the idea. Uh, you know, maybe not real real practical. <laughs> well, so I you know I'm being a goofball here, but I love uh, it though. But in reality, I, I I would like to just touch on the manufacturing of Flourish and maybe just for you know paint the picture a little bit for people what the difference is. So uh, you manufacture Flourish right there. Yeah, we uh, own and operate a dedicated, uh, we call it the lab, uh, the lab facility uh, where we take uh, Flourish from start to finish. You know, we inqu- uh, acquire all the raw ingredients and um, we call it brewing. Uh, we'll say, hey, let's go brew today. Sure. Um, but we, we take the bacteria from what we call baby bugs um, uh, to the finished product, which you know, you've seen and we ship all over the country. Um, so... Every batch that's ever been done, um, I've had my hands on. I oversee the production of it from start to finish, um, and, and I, I love doing that. It's fun to go to the lab and brew instead of sitting in the office and answering emails all day. Um, so, yes, we, we do all the manufacturing ourselves, and we can oversee that process. So, again, to kind of paint the picture, do most commercially available probiotics, can they claim that same thing? No. Um, from my conversations with uh, insiders in the industry of nutritional supplements in that world, and, and I won't pick on them too much, just because you know there are there are good capsules out there, there are good products out there. You've seen them, I've seen them. I think ours is a better way. You know, there's good things. Ours is better. Um, you know, so we won't throw anybody under the bus. But what we've seen and heard is that there's three major manufacturers of probiotics in the world. Uh, one's in the United States, uh, one's in Europe, and the third one I can never remember because it didn't really uh, resonate with me. But let's say you walk into uh, your favorite superstore and you look at the 15 probiotics that are sitting on their shelf. 
um, all of them capsules, of course. Chances are that those are all, you know, twin sisters or cousins. They all grew up in the same plant. Uh, one got this label, one got this label. Uh, one got, you know, this uh, fancy sticker. This one got this fancy sticker. But in essence, you know, they most likely came from the same place. And there are, and I know some of the smaller manufacturers as well. Um, there are some smaller companies, you know, growing some bacteria. But for the most part, you know, one of the major players is here in the United States. They make this stuff up and they sell it to somebody and they slap their sticker on it and sell it as their product. Um, and again, that, that might be fine. There's some good products, but is there a better way? And, you know, that's why we you know, developed our company and went with a different theory. Makes perfect sense to me. I, I love that part of it. So just I'm just going to bounce around with a couple of random questions. Would you take a probiotic during antibiotic therapy or or would you wait till after? I like to get a jump start. I like to uh, you know get a head start. Obviously, uh, antibiotics are going to kill good bugs. And again, from my pharmacy perspective, like I said earlier, that brings some unique perspective into what we do. Uh, you know, I know from my pharmacy training that some antibiotics are uh, worse at killing off the good bugs in our gut. So you know, kind of depends on what antibiotic you're on. Uh, some are definitely more detrimental to our gut biome, but I say let's get ahead of it. And so let's start putting the good bugs back in the gut while they're being killed off. And there are some logistical things you know, to do with that. Um, so, for instance, if an uh, antibiotic is being dosed once a day, let's take that antibiotic, let's say, with breakfast. Well, then let's separate our probiotic later in the day. You know, the main theme with that, don't have your probiotic in your gut at the same time in your stomach at the same time as an antibiotic because obviously you know at that you know very moment being together it could have detrimental uh, effects so i like to separate them out so some antibiotics are once a day a lot of antibiotics are twice a day so if you're doing antibiotic breakfast and supper let's put our probiotic lunch or bedtime there's a few antibiotics that are dosed three and four times a day which gets a lot harder uh, to you know logistically space out but i still say are you chasing your tail? Sure. But again, let's get a head start. Let's start putting the good bugs back in um, before we're really chasing our tail. And you have one of the one of the bugs that you said that you have in Flourish is Saccharomyces. I thought Saccharomyces was actually a yeast. It is. You are correct. It is a yeast. Yep. Okay. So, and antibiotics kill bacteria, don't they? Or do they also kill yeast? Now, yeast is actually a fungus. So, you right. know, if you were gonna if you were gonna kill um, the fungus, like you fungicide. need an antifungal. I mean, we call it antifungal in the pharmacy world. So, That's you know, antifungicide sounds horrible, but it's fungicide. Well, I mean, <laughs> that is a word. I mean, fungicide is a word. They spray right. it on crops. Um, so, yeah, the antibiotic is not going to you know touch our Saccharomyces, but you know it would have an effect on on the other ten. Actually, One of the yeah. nice things about the Saccharomyces is that even on the antibiotics, that, psych- that Saccharomyces is not going to be killed off from the antibiotics, and it's going to have that, I don't know if consortium is the right, is the right term there or not, but it's, it's going to have an effect on the microbiome where it's going to help promote the viability of good bacteria once your 
off the antibiotics. That's my thought process. Am I going in the right direction or? I think you have a future as a, a bug grower because you are <laughs> spot on with some of this stuff. So what's interesting about the Saccharomyces, the Saccharomyces species uh, in our mix is as important to the other 10 species as it is to the human. We know that um, you know some of the metabolites uh, that are given off uh, from Saccharomyces are vital to the other species. And interestingly, as Saccharomyces starts to die, the cell wall, so the dead bacteria, you know, the, the, the dead Saccharomyces, there, there are you know, great properties of, of dead Saccharomyces. In fact, there's um, a few supplements out there that are killing Saccharomyces, kind of blowing apart. They, they lice their cell wall, they harvest that, and they sell that as a supplement. Basically, it's dead yeast wall is what it is but you know there are some very health promoting uh, attributes to saccharomyces so to your point not only in our consortium as we grow them but when the saccharomyces gets in your gut again good bugs promote good bugs so the saccharomyces in your gut is going to help promote the other species of good bacteria in your gut so that's a that's a fun species that's why it's in there um you know, our, our consortium wouldn't grow as well as it does without the Saccharomyces in it. Okay, that makes sense. So w- let's talk a little bit about dosing. Uh, so this is a liquid. I, I don't know if we've actually said that or not. We, we've alluded several times to the other ones, mostly being capsules and powders, but Flourish is actually in liquid form. Uh, when I drink it, I'm assuming that you can dilute it in water and that's not a problem at all, but I always just drink it straight. And it, I, I think it tastes a bit like um, apple cider vinegar or something. So, yeah, I'm glad you bring up the liquid part. You know, we would eventually work our way back to that. But that is uh, one of the most obvious things that makes us different and unique from 99% of the probiotic market out there that we keep ours in a liquid form. So just a little background on that. Even the capsules that we reference, those powders inside the capsule started out as a liquid. Probiotics grow as liquids. So in those big plants, they have big tanks and that stuff grows in liquid. We've actually visited some of these. We've seen them. Uh, Again, they grow on their own, you know, single strain pure culture but they grow up as a liquid. But here's how those get processed out. They centrifuge off the liquid and they throw it away. And then that liquid, um, after they centrifuge the liquid, the product becomes a paste. Well, then they take that paste and they freeze dry it down into a powder and that powder goes into a capsule. Well, then when it gets into your gut, you just hope that those bacteria um, come from their slumbering frozen state back to life, get reconstituted in your gut. And there's a lot of science um, behind uh, a lot of research uh, looking at that as far as you know how well do they come back to life. So if there's 10 billion, let's say 10 billion um, uh, CFUs, you know, colony forming units, that's how we measure bugs. Uh, if there's 10 billion in a capsule, okay, how many come back to life when they get into your gut? And how damaged are they once they come back to life? Because you've taken a live bacteria, you've frozen it. So what damage has been done? Can they come back to life? Um, once you know they are back to life, you know how well do they respond to their surroundings? 
you know, they come from the slumbering state into this acidic environment, like, whoa, good morning, wake up, now I'm here, what am I going to do? And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's been a third-party independent study, you can find this kind of stuff, you know, I'm doing a, a lit review of the actual percentage of bacteria that come back to life out of a capsule, and it varies. We've seen some, only 2% come back to life. Um, out of a capsule. Some of the better ones are 70%, but, you know, it, it's a wide range. Um, but the other thing I want to touch on... you thing to try to research, too, because, you know, touching, going back on what something that you said about the manufacturing of this stuff, I'm guessing the viability of these restored bugs, I'll call it, is probably different inside the human body than outside. Oh, absolutely, because you've removed them from their environment. And and that's one thing that I want to mention, too. We talk about the environment. So when they take a centrifuge off the liquid and they throw that liquid away, there are some great things in that liquid that they're throwing away. First of all, that's the nutrients for the bacteria. I mean, that is the food source. The lifeblood for the bacteria is in that liquid. They're just throwing it away. What sometimes will be sold separately as prebiotic. No? Yeah, well... Most of most of what they centrifuge off is thrown away. Uh, we're we're at one of these factories, and I saw them throwing that away, and I wanted to say, "Hey, can I buy that? Can I can I take your liquid and sell it? Because there's some really good things that are in that liquid. Um, so it's not just the food source and nutrients for the bacteria, but you've heard me talk several times about the metabolites, right? The things that come off of the back, the things that the bacteria give off in their normal metabolic life cycle. Uh, the things that they produce, you know, there's vitamins and minerals and enzymes and coenzymes and amino acids and uh, bioactive peptides. There's so much richness to, you know, the broth or the sauce or the media, whatever you want to call it, um, that, that they just throw that away. You know, it's like taking a gorilla out of the jungle. You've removed it from its environment and, you know, you, you take a gorilla from the jungle and its plants and everything it's eating and you put it into a, you know, a, a plastic room and say, hey, survive. It's like, you know, where, where'd my life go? Where'd my, where'd my nutrients go? And that's what we're doing with these bacteria. You know, they remove all that, they freeze them, try to suspend them in that state, but then they try to bring them back to life. But the other thing that's interesting to me and we're hearing this from more and more of our practitioners. Not only do they love flourish for the bacteria that we have, the 11 strains, the five genre, they love that. But we're starting to see and practitioners are starting to see that there's there's some power, there's some health promoting uh, attributes to the actual broth. Because you're drinking the short chain fatty acids, you're drinking, um, you know, the amino acids, you're drinking uh, the, all the bioactive peptides, you're drinking that stuff. So going all the way back to theory, just quickly, you know, these bacteria take a real state in our gut, and that's important. They can help with digestion. Um, you know, they're important for you know just the real state they take up, but as importantly are the metabolites that they give off not only for the bugs themselves but we know that butyric acid is great for our brain right so you know these bugs not just in real estate but the bugs and what they offer up in their metabolites are as important so again you're drinking are you that saying with flourish. That there's, there's butyrate or butyric acid in flourish uh, we haven't measured that yet. That is, a, that is one of my uh, sort of R&D projects uh, okay. for this year, for 2018. 
um, you know, we were really good at, at um, uh, measuring uh, the bacteria. We're really yeah. good at, uh, you know, we, we guarantee a minimum um, threshold for the bacteria before it ever gets released uh, into the distribution system. But for 2018, um, because of this conversation about the broth, the sauce, you know, what's in it, and, and, and why are we loving that so much, yeah. we're, we're working with uh, one of our, our local colleges um, and their, their chemistry and biology department to analyze, you know, specifically what's in that. You know, is it butyric acid, you know, hmm. uh, propionic acid? Uh, is it, you know, what for vitamins and minerals and, and bioactive peptides, what's in it? And you know, that's a pretty big lens to look through. Um, you know, if I say, hey, go look for this, you can find it. But when I say, go tell me what's in it, it it's a bigger project and uh, requires a lot of resources and, and fancy chemistry and machines and devices and whatever. But that is one of our priorities as we look at um, more reasons to why uh, Flourish is great, why we've seen the results we've seen. Um, you know, what makes it special? What's in the broth? And and that is, so I can't say to you right now, you know, what level of butyric acid is in there. We know in the gut that the good bugs produce butyric acid and that's good for the brain. We know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, living in the gut, but what's that look like in Flourish and what else is there? That's, stay tuned, my friend, stay tuned. Okay, okay, fair enough. So you have 8 billion, That that's the the number that's like the guaranteed minimum number of CFUs in Flourish, in uh, one... Um, serving, one tablespoon. One serving, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm going to ask two questions at once because because I'm just going to. So first of all, why is... You kind of already answered this, but I want to make sure we get it across. Why why is $8 billion in Flourish? How is that competing against $100 billion in a capsule? And then here's here's the second question that in my mind is related. So these, so if they're freeze-dried and they're just sitting in a capsule, I, I get how they just, they're a little bit more, I'm thinking they're probably more stable. Like in other words, like they're not going to be doing a lot of other things, good or bad. So since Flourish has like more good potential, um, I'm just kind of curious Let's say, um, let's say you like you open up a, a bottle of Flourish. Let's say you just take a swig right out of your mouth. There's bacteria on your lips in your mouth, and then you like put the Flourish down, and now there's been other bacteria um, from your own mouth like introduced into this. Uh, what's the right word? Um, well, into the liquid. In, Growth medium. Medium, thank you. Into this medium where how is that bacteria from my lip going to change the quote-unquote consortium effect of the bugs that are already living in there that are alive and living and like, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm just wondering like is there more room for like weird – fermentation things to be happening within this live bottle that's full of bacteria? That's actually a, a, a good question and real life example. I'm glad you asked that. So I had a client that um, was drinking her flourish straight out of the bottle. 
-hmm. which we don't recommend for this this very reason. You touched on it. So this gal was drinking Flourish straight out of the bottle. And so her own native mouth bacteria was all over, you know, the uh, you know, backwash and, you know, just all over the, uh, the neck of this bottle. Well, this gal uh, stored her, um, uh, her flourish at room temperature. And I didn't even touch on that whole theory. And maybe that'll be our follow-up interview, Chris. But um, bacteria love warmth. I mean, think of it. They, they live in our gut at 98 degrees. So bacteria love warmth. They grow at warmth. They love it. So this gal was leaving her bottle of Flourish set at room temperature, and she would continue to swig out. Well, then she left it. She left it set there for four months. On I mean, that was you know her fault for not drinking it, but she left it set on her counter for four months at room temperature, and absolutely, it started to grow her own native it sort of up. <laughs> well, it yeah, it, it kind of got gross, and, you know, I, I, I chuckled with her, and I'm like, okay, first of all, you know, don't drink it straight from the bottle, try not to inoculate it with something else, um, drink it quicker than leaving it for four months, and, of course, when you have it in the refrigerator, um, bacteria slow their, their metabolic life cycle at 37 degrees, so, you know, if you keep it in the refrigerator, just like bacteria doesn't grow in your food as quickly in the fridge, these bacteria don't grow uh, as quickly as well. So, real life story, don't drink out of the bottle. Um, you know, not that you should be scared of your native mouth bacteria, but hers got pretty funky and, and became unusable. Uh, to your point about stability, absolutely. You know, you, you look at um, the uh, probiotics that have been uh, freeze dried, they have a longer shelf life, and that's okay. Um, you know, they might have a shelf life of two years. Um, we have a shelf life of six months, and, and I'm okay with that. You don't expect your broccoli to last forever. You don't expect your your uh, fresh fruit to last forever, your your fresh meat. Things that are living, you know, things in this active metabolic life cycle aren't going to last for two years. And, you know, it goes back to how we grow them and keep them at a, at a, uh, in a liquid state in their, in their um, most natural, natural form. They're not going to last for two years, and, and I'm okay with that. We'll never match the shelf life of a, of a frozen probiotic, but I think the advantages far surpass the the shelf life um, aspect. And you know, part of the reason that you know this whole concept of freeze drying was invented was for that very reason. How can they last longer? Um, are they easier to ship? Convenient, yeah. You know, easier to ship. Easier. To, you know, one of our biggest issues is you know we're trying to ship to North Dakota in the winter. We've had a few freeze. Uh, we ship to Arizona in the summertime, and you know they get up to 120 degrees. Which, by the way, our bacteria can can exist at a temperature of 127 for a bit. Um, so we've had to learn, you know, in our process what it means to ship these. What it's heavier than a capsule. You know, there, there's issues that go with that. But what are the values of having it in liquid form? And and you know the hurdles of shipping. Oh well, you know we get over those. You know, we will never have, you know, the shelf life of a, of, a, of a powder, and I'm okay with that. And, you know, to your first question about the uh, 8 billion and the CFU, the most simple uh, sort of uh, quip that I can give for that is quality, not quantity, okay? So, you know... It's like, and you've seen this, Chris, with your flourish. When you open it, you hear, because the bacteria are alive. I mean, they are alive, uh, metabolically active, giving off CO2, giving off nitrogen. They pressurize that bottle. 
like a soda bottle, to, you know, to some extent. And so you know the bacteria are actually alive in that bottle. Um, when left in their natural environment, like our liquid, they are very acid resilient. They can go in the stomach and just think that's natural um, because, again, the lactobacillus, the bifidobacteria, and the bacillus, they're lactic acid producing bacteria. So lactic acid drops the pH. When left in their natural environment, the bugs actually like pH. Um, in your in your gut, that's one of the functions of, of good bacteria is that they alter the pH that is more suitable to good bacteria because a good bacteria actually like a lower pH than let's say bad bacteria like E. coli or salmonella. And so one of the functions of the good bugs in your gut is altering the pH of their environment, again, to promote the growth of their friends. So going back to quality, not quantity, you know these 11 billion are alive, they're kicking, they don't need to be... Uh, 11 billion or 11 strains of 8 billion? Oh, sorry, 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 8 billion. Here's, a, here's an industry secret, though, Chris, that I've heard from norm, you know, from, from numbers of people over and over. Okay, I won't it's, tell anyone. Yeah, don't tell anyone. But, I mean, it, it's true. I mean, you ask somebody, they're going to say this, is that it's called overstuffing, okay? So if you buy a, if you buy a capsule that says they have 10 billion, they might have stuffed 40 billion in there just to try to get 10 billion to be present at shelf life try to get 10 billion to be present when it gets to the stomach you know there there there's overages so even even with our product so we guarantee a minimum of 8 billion okay but when you when you get this you know there could be you know 12 to 14 billion in there so you know we we have a minimum threshold of 8 cuz that's where we say okay you know we know we're going to clear that um, our batch is always clear that and so that's sort of our minimum. But when you get this, there's going to be, you know, 12 to 14 in there. And again, they're alive. They don't have to come back, you know, from a resuscitated state. They don't have to come back from being frozen. And the other interesting thing, sort of the, um, the kings of fermentation are the Japanese. And some of our techniques actually come from the Japanese and how they do it. They laugh at our, and we've talked to these people they laugh at the American way of bigger is always better. Oh, you crazy people with your billions when you know, million, <laughs> millions might do it. And, you know, the other interesting thing, Chris, is that, you know, some of the studies that have been done, okay, I mean, there, there's, um, there's not, you know, it's, it, nobody really pays, you know, for billion-dollar studies on probiotics because you can't patent the strains. But anyway, so some of the studies have been done. They looked at 1 billion. So 1 billion CFU in, let's say, study A showed efficacy. Okay, 1 billion. Well, the American way of marketing and, and capitalism and one-upping, well, if 1 billion works, 10 billion's got to be better. Oh, hey, Bob's doing 10 billion. Let's do 50 billion. Right. Hey, you know, Bob's doing 50. Let's do 100. So it became this game of who can get more and more and more and more. If somebody um, that has the cold sneezes on you, how many how many uh, bugs are getting transferred there? <laughs> I'll have to look that. That's my homework. I'll have to look that yeah, one up. Well, you know, I mean, I I just say it because it's like I'm just kind of trying to paint a picture a little bit because we're talking about bacteria, and you know, of course, the cold is a virus, actually. But I mean, it's it's i find this fascinating the the way that you're doing this and 
a lot of people still think of bacteria, even though over the last 10 years, there's been a, a huge uh, sort of bringing to light how important the microbiome is and that, you know, and, and even when I was in junior high, we knew that there was, you know, weird little bugs living on our desks and in our eyelashes and all kinds of, you know, places that are just like, it seems, but it seems gross. Like we're not, let's wash it off, you know, use our antimicrobial hand soap and stuff like that at the kitchen sink. And, and, and these little bugs, the idea of them crawling everywhere just seems gross to people. But I mean, it's really just a, a naivety because I mean, there is that they're there. So, I mean, if, if you think it's gross, I mean, the only thing you could do is die because I mean, they're there. That's it. That's what life is. And you're um, basically packaging life. And I don't know, I, I just find it fascinating. I don't know that we're going to answer every single question that I have because it's, you know, I, in my, there's, there's growth, there's, there's growth and life cycles to all these things you've got this six month shelf life and, and I know your bottle also says, uh, please consume within three months from o- the date that you open it. I guess, you know, I'm wondering like, do, if, if they're still in the medium and it's not refrigerated, do the bacteria actually get, do they keep growing more? And I mean, of course, a colony can't keep growing forever, so there is going to be a point where it dies off too, and then everything's going to be dead at some point. But I don't know. There's just it's a it's a whole fascinating thing, and I can see how it could either be really fun or it could be like a huge headache to try to manage all this on your end. Well, to your point, you know, if you leave it at room temperature, and again, that's what's kind of awesome about our, our bugs is that they continue to grow and metabolize and um, you know in that first six months you know the numbers aren't declining if anything they're probably you know maintaining if not inclining again bugs like warmed mm-hmm. now if you if you like I said before our bacteria can um, handle 127 degrees we back in the R&D phases we actually cooked a batch we brewed a batch of 127 they survive just fine but they are so hypermetabolically active at 127, their lifespan is a lot shorter. Basically, they're going to starve really quick. Um, and so kind of like with the refrigeration thing, let's say I shipped you three bottles today. And you want one bottle for February, one bottle for March, and one bottle for April. The March and April you want to keep in the refrigerator purely for longevity. Because when they're at 37 degrees, they're eating less of their food. They're just chilling out. I use this analogy all the time. It's like a bear in hibernation. Mm-hmm. They're just like, hey, you know, 37, we're just going to chill out. We're not going to eat. You know, you ramp those babies up to 100 degrees, and I don't recommend this because we, you know, do it in controlled environments and we're experienced bug growers. But if you had them at 100 degrees, they're crazy metabolically active. They love that. Again, they live in our gut at 98, man. They, they love warmth. So personally, the bottle I use on a daily basis, I keep mine at room temperature. I sort of, I like the flavor at room temperature. My wife doesn't like the flavor at room temperature. Hers, she keeps hers in the fridge. I like mine at room temperature. You know, I think that, you know, that's more close to the, uh, the, the, in, the internal human body temperature. Mm-hmm. So let's say room temp is 70. Well, that's closer to 98 than, you know, coming out of the refrigerator. So I think they're just sort of revved up and ready to go in your gut and, and find a spot to live and, and have at it. But how, and, how quickly do you go through a bottle that's open? <laughs> I'm not a fair example, Chris. Um, 
I probably drink a third of a bottle, if not a half a bottle a day. Ooh, okay. <laughs> because I because I can, man. I, I make this stuff, dude. I mean, yeah. I get all the leftovers. We This stuff is so awesome. We don't waste a drop. So at the end of a bottling run, um, after we bottle it, and we do all that here, too. We don't let anybody else touch our bugs. Uh, we we drain the bottom of the tank. Um, we uh, we drain the hoses, and and that's what uh, uh, myself and my colleagues. That's what we take in. So um, <laughs> economically, I I'm not going to tell you to drink a bottle a day, um, but you know we're accustomed to that. Um, and there's days I drink even more. You know if there's a, a a bug going around the office or you know influenza is rampant in our in our community. Uh, I'll hammer down and I'll drink more. Or if we go out for lunch and eat too many tacos, I'll come back and just pound 10 tablespoons right then. Um, actually, a fun little trick I'll just throw at you because we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, after after we go out for, for uh, tacos, and we love our trees with tacos down here, um, I'll go uh, back to the lab or where we store the leftovers, and I'll do uh, three tablespoons of Flourish with three tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. Oh, okay. You talk about a digestive cocktail. You drink that down, it warms all the way down your esophagus, gets in your belly, and about an hour later, you can just feel like everything just dissolved. Three, it's, you it's, said three tablespoons of each, not three teaspoons. Nope, three tablespoons. I mean, we're three tablespoons of, of each. Um, and, and I asked a, I kind of asked the question. It wasn't very direct. I'm going to re, re-hit it. Can you dilute this stuff with water? I I gave I gave a bottle to a patient recently. Uh, I think it was yesterday, in fact, or, or but it was recently. And and I texted him afterwards, and I said, "Hey, by the way, just make sure that you tell me. I want to hear about any like good or bad uh, changes that you notice. If you notice anything, um, I, I want to know about it." And and he said, "So far, all I can tell you is that it tastes bad." <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, don't don't spread I, that rumor, Chris. Well, I think I mean it. It tastes like something, and you either like it or you don't. I I actually kind of enjoy it. It's and like I said, I think it's kind of like uh, the junior product is different, but the the main flourish product I think tastes. I think it tastes a lot like apple cider vinegar, and so you're you're actually like sometimes mixing it together. But back to my question: Can you dilute this in water? All right. So to that point, um, uh, you mentioned flavor, and and that is you know a comment we get often. But and by the way, never add stuff for flavor. Like I don't change, don't change, man. You're you're perfect just like you are. So, but I thank you, thank you. I'm blushing, I'm blushing. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I'm glad that you're not like throwing in weird stuff and sugars and things just to like make it taste a different way or something. But. Anyways, just wondering if you can dilute it in water or if that somehow makes it not as potent somehow. So the reason it tastes the way it does to exactly what you said, we add no artificial flavors, sweeteners, colors, preservatives. I mean, we add nothing. Um, you know, it's, it's the food for the bugs. It's the bugs themselves. Um, you know, we had people say, can you make it taste like peaches? Can you make it? And the next person will make it taste like <laughs> strawberry. I can. But you're going to completely alter the formula. And if I make it taste like peaches for you, then Mary's going to want strawberries, and then Johnny's going to want bananas. And I'm just—I'm not going to walk that path. We're proud of what we don't put in there. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're proud of, and it, it is a natural flavor. My wife loves it when I say to people, "The world was never meant to taste like a lollipop." You know, this isn't going to be. 
you know, that sweet little concoction. That's, so, that's, a, that's a tweetable right there. The world is not meant to taste like a lollipop. That is a true statement. So I would say 50% of our people drink it straight. You drink it straight. I drink it straight. I make it taste even worse by you know adding apple cider vinegar. I mean, you want to you want to tickle? I, I dare you to try that. It, I, it's I will good say stuff. I will say in fairness to your product for people listening that haven't tried it, I say it tastes kind of like apple cider vinegar, but it's it's not quite as potent. Like if if you take it's not as harsh. It doesn't burn. I mean, first doesn't burn. I've taken apple cider vinegar. You know, like I'll take a swig of that too. Like that's how weird I am. I'll you know and that does it like burns i mean it's it's ours is yeah ours definitely uh does not burn but you know it 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 has that fermented taste i've heard people say you know soy sauce or uh a friend of mine lives out in north carolina does a lot of barbecue he's like i i i I taste the uh i taste the barbecue sauce in it which we have molasses (laughs) in. well because of molasses right we have molasses that's one of the food sources for the bugs and molasses connoisseur Connoisseur, so uh, and we have some that actually like the flavor. But to answer your question, fifty uh, percent drink it straight. Uh, the other fifty percent mix it and dilute it, and and that's perfectly fine. Okay. Um, so, for instance, kids, you know, you want know, the junior version. They might take ten mils, and, and you and I are both, you know, anti, you know, like juice, anti, you know, sugar. Um, my my sons, they don't get an eight ounce glass of grape juice every morning, you know, to spike their insulin before they go off to school. But they will get 10 mils of junior with just like seven mils of grape juice just to kind of temper the flavor a little bit. And they get it in a little dosing cup. We all do our bug shots every morning. Um, so grape juice, uh, apple juice, uh, pomegranate. Mils, by the way, is two teaspoons. Two teaspoons, correct. Yep, two teaspoons. Um and I have adults that uh, will do that as well. Um, uh, some will um, actually mix it with milk, which I think is disgusting. Which, by the way, if you leave Flourish and milk sit too long, it'll actually start to curdle because the bacteria, you know, our bacterial species are alive. They'll start to chew up the milk sugars and eat think them. Of the, think of the healthy cottage cheese you could make with that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and eat that. Um, uh, orange juice is another one, you know, because that's sort of acidic and 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 sort of um, you know, kind of massive flavor. Chocolate milk. Now, nah, I'm not a proponent of that. Just you know, for my own dietary preferences. Uh, and then the other one too is. Um, uh, like in a smoothie. So if you're making a protein shake, like a, a, a after workout shake, or like a like a fruits and green shake, mm-hmm. um, goes perfect in there. I will tell people after the blender, don't send the bugs through the blender. Uh, the centrifugal forces, the shear forces of the blades, the ice, you know, could. I mean, this is hard to measure, right? But I'm very careful with our little bugs, and um, we don't want to send those through the blender just in case it blows them apart. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay. I never so, thought of that. You know, grab your ninja, make your shake, and then you know, dump your bugs in, and just kind of mix it up with a spoon. And and we have a lot of people to do that. And, I'm personally uh, never uh, a fan of putting like liquid vitamins, or I would, for me, I would say Flourish is the same. Where it's like, I wouldn't want to throw that into a smoothie because there's so much smoothie that's left on the glass, like the side of the glass in in the glass. Like unless you're adding water, swirling it around, and getting every last drop. If you're putting in, exactly if you're putting in five thousand IU's of vitamin D, you might only be getting two, you know, or you know, same thing with the flourish. It's like I don't know how much I'm getting. I'd rather just get it. 
hammer down and take it. So that, you know, that's my only caution when mixing, you know, so let's say you put your dose of flourish in with eight ounces of grape juice, or you do that for your kid and then they don't drink all their grape juice, right? Well, how much did they get? You know, even when I was, you know, a practicing pharmacist and I would, you know, help parents dose their kids on, you know, certain medicines and well, can I mix it in a bottle? And I'm like, well, just make sure the whole bottle is consumed. Right. You know, don't, you know, if there's some left behind, how much of that is the medicine? I don't, I don't medicine know very many above? people that are anal enough to actually make sure it is. I mean, most people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I mean. But, you know, so again, you know, if you're going to, like with my kids, they get, they get 10, 10 mils and 7 mils and a little, like, leftover medicine dosing cup. Well, and they, you know, they drink that. You know, that is different. But, you know, to that point, you know, the dilution doesn't make any difference to the bacteria. You could put in eight ounces of water if you wanted to. But, you know, with the back to the flavor, why not just shotgun, you know, one or two tablespoons instead of making eight ounces taste kind of funky? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just you're, looking you're for drinking eight ounces people of, that want yeah. options, but I'm with you. 50% straight, 50% mix it, um, mix it. And, and there again, if you like grape juice, mix it with grape juice. If you like pomegranate juice, mix it with pomegranate juice. You know, then they can they can tailor it to their flavor and I don't have to. I didn't I didn't mess with my formulation you know, they, they tailored it to their, to their, you know, uh, palate. So mixing is just fine. Um, we like it straight up. So one of my favorite stories I do have to mention just cause it's fun. We're talking about dosing. Um, I'm a, I'm a big cyclist, Chris. That's, that's my uh, oh, pastime. Really? That's my oh. gig. I, I do tons of cycling thousands of miles in a year. Well, uh, last summer I was, I was hanging out with my bike mechanic, a good friend of mine. And I, I took him a bottle. I just wanted to, to, uh, experience flourish. Well, he started sipping on it like it was kombucha, you know, and, and by the way, kombucha, we love kombucha here. We drink lots of it. Uh, we might dabble in making some of it. Uh, but kombucha, you know, the whole bottle itself probably only has 2 billion bacteria in the entire bottle. So as wonderful as kombucha is, we love it. You know, it's pretty weak sauce, right? So anyway, my bike mechanic started sipping on Flourish like it was kombucha. And about two hours later, he took the last swig, he set the bottle down, and he says, how long was that supposed to last? Last, And I chuckled. I said, well, for most people, it's one month. He's like, oh, <laughs> 20 minutes later he's like you're gonna have to excuse me and went into the bathroom and had a free colon cleansing and uh a day later i texted him and i said how you how's your gut feel and he says i feel awesome wow okay. so you know that, that that's the current challenge we had one guy drink the whole bottle in two hours i don't necessarily recommend that to anybody i just love that story because he did it um but again that speaks to the power you know kind of the whole cfu thing right if eight billion is not enough, drink the whole bottle and you'll get half a trillion and, uh, you know, see how that treats your gut, you know, drinking half a trillion bugs and those babies are alive and kicking and, and they don't need to be brought back to life. So, uh, you know, just to wrap that sort of com part of the conversation up quality over quantity, um, you know, are the bugs resilient to your, uh, stomach acid? Are they in their natural environment? Are they going to be, you know, in their right frame of mind, state of mind, the right condition once they get into your gut. You know, if you're bringing back 10 billion from frozen, you know, sure. Like I said, there are some good capsules out there and they do come back to life. But, you know, if there's a better way and if you're drinking your vitamins and enzymes and coenzymes and amino acids and bioactive peptides and everything with it, you know, there's power in that as well. So I don't get too worried about CFUs, the fermentation, um, 
uh, kings of the world, you know, kind of look at those numbers and, and just think that we're overboard and, uh, you know, teach their own, you know, you and I have seen the power of flourish and, and how it works and, and the testimonies and successes we've seen. So, uh, there's something working there. Perfect. All right. Well, um, anyone that wants to see the show notes for this can go to drchrisfrickman.com slash flourish. How do you spell flourish? F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H. Perfect. Flourish. And if you go there, um, I will figure out some kind of... Uh, I'll figure out some kind of code that you can put in on my shop. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be offering Flourish. Uh, Jared and I are working together so that I'll be able to offer Flourish through my online a nutrition shop and I'm going to figure out some kind of discount code that I can put on the show notes. I'll put it on the show notes. So if you want to try a bottle of Flourish, uh, you'll be able to get it from my shop at a discount and uh, just head to the show notes for this page for this show at uh, drchrisfrickman.com slash flourish and, uh, and I'll have that set up. Okay, man. Uh, I got a jet. I I have a patient in ten minutes, so <laughs> uh, it was great to talk with you. Uh, you're clearly very passionate about what you're doing. Um, thanks for your time today, and thanks thanks for the product. And likewise, Chris, it's been a, it's been a joy chatting with you. I love the conversation, and uh, to you too. I, I love your passion for your patients for you know, the natural treatment of them, you know, let's, uh, let's get people back to good health, uh, naturally. And, you know, I think that starts in the gut. So keep up the good work up there. Um, appreciate your time and, and, um, thanks man. Together we can do anything. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we right. will. Take care. Thanks man. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.